Welcome to Season 3 of Coffee with Dr. Stewart. This show will provide our listeners with up-to-date medical information from a leading neurotologist, neuroimmune, and genomic specialist. With Dr. Stewart's broad medical knowledge, we will discuss how he helps his patients. I am your host, Kara Stewart-Mullins, and I invite you to sit back, grab your cup of coffee, your favorite beverage, and let's have Season 3 of Coffee with Dr. Stewart. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Coffee with Dr. Stewart. I am your host, Kara Stewart-Mullins. We are on Season 3, Episode 4, and today we're going to talk about, of course, a lot of our episodes have been around genetic testing. We talked about surgery on the last show. Today we're going to talk about genetic testing in children and the elderly. How could that benefit them? How are you today, Dr. Stewart? Oh, I'm doing great. You look good. Thank you very much, You look happy. Yep. I'm, I'm truly <laughs> blessed in Austin, Texas. You're truly blessed in Austin, Texas. That's yeah, great. I think so. I feel that way, too. But, um... You know, this is something that you're very familiar with, but I get this question a lot. You know, I don't know if people think of genetic testing or nutrigenomic testing just for the average individual, but I get this question like, how could it help if I get my children tested or is it worth getting my 80-year-old grandmother tested? Mm-hmm. So first, we're going to talk about children. Sure. Okay, so first of all, just give everybody a brief overview of what nutrigenomic testing is. Okay. So really, there's three types of genetics. Okay. Really is what I what you know. I train a lot of doctors, so I kind of teach them. Uh, what we have is I typically call these doom and gloom genetics because mm-hmm. I really don't want to know them myself. It's not criticizing my geneticist uh, colleagues, but there are obviously big gene profiles that recognize certain disease types. And, if you could. and your and your risk of those disease types, like risk of cancer, risk of this, risk of that, higher risk. Yeah, right. I don't really love that. Those are correlation well, they studies. They scare you. Well, and they scare you, and I'm not really interested in that as personally. Okay. So that's why I tend to call them that. Unless it like runs in your family, like every person has had breast cancer, right? right? Now, some people really want to know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am not necessarily one to, to want to know that because some of those genes actually can be turned on and off. Okay. okay? Now, not all genes can be turned on and yeah, off. Yeah, this so. is interesting. Mm-hmm. I heard you say this at a workshop. Yeah, this is epigenetics. At. And epigenetics is about the ability to turn genes on and off. Now, in those types of genes that are um, doom and gloom or um, breast cancer, certain, stroke, right. cardiovascular, a lot of those genes can be turned off or augmented. But uh, so some people will have the gene and not get the disease. Some people have the gene and get the disease. Okay. So we, we call it penetrance. How how likely are you to get it having this gene? Uh, so obviously there's some things there. So what I'd really want to know is how do I turn it on and off if I have it? Now, what are what are the genes called that we can't turn on and off? Well, those are just typical genes that are essential for function. Okay. Okay. Um, now, um, the second part of genetics is pharmacogenetics. These are your liver enzymes. Mm-hmm. And how do you break down chemicals, drugs, hormones, et cetera? And that pharmacogenetics is very be- beautiful for you because it absolutely tells you which drugs work for you, which drugs don't work for you, how you process your hormones, how you don't process them, et cetera. And that will ultimately, I think, is essential for everybody because guesswork is not needed. Yes. Okay. Agree. Then there's nutrigenomics. Nutrigenomics is where we take about um, 400 recognized genes that basically tell us how we process nutritional elements and deliver them. Okay. Okay. So obviously in the body, we take a certain substance and we convert it uh, into a lot of times in multiple steps Mm -hmm. and create a certain different form of that vitamin or nutritional element or protein in order to have it function properly in the cell. So what's nice about nutrigenomics is if we have a weakness in that that, um, sequence, Mm -hmm. we can actually introduce 
um, or bypass the weakness and introduce a nutritional element to assist with that process. Like in the active form, correct? correct. Right. So nutrigenomics is what I, you know, you know what I love. I, I know. Love, I love this because <laughs> when I put it back in, people feel better, people heal better, people function better, they think better, everything Life just is better. works better. Yeah, because you God designed a perfect being. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, many things have screwed it up for one reason or another. And if we can get back to this perfect biochemical picture mm-hmm. of what the body is, it is a beautiful thing. You need to draw one. You need to draw yeah. like a perfect machine. Well, it changes all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. That's true. Well, that gets me to children then. So as a parent, you know, and again, I asked my staff, there are a lot of women and they all have children. I go, what would you want to know? And the first thing that popped out of a couple of them was like, you know, what have I passed down to them? Mm-hmm. Is this nutrigenomic going to t- test going to show me, you know, will my child have problems with with sleep? Will my child have trouble focusing like I did or a learning disability like I have? Well, so what you're you're asking the wrong question. Okay. Okay. What you're talking about is risk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, in that situation, what's important about knowing that for your child is overcoming it so they don't get it. Before. So you're not going to pass down focus and concentration problems. I gotcha. You're going to pass down a weakness making the vitamins that lead to focus and concentration In the neurotransmitter problems. category. Right. So we will be able to recognize and overcome that. Now, everybody, I don't know anybody, besides your spouse, you care about your children more than anything. Yes. Okay. And Well, some people don't really care about their spouse. <laughs> That's my priority. Yeah, I, I know. love my wife. <laughs> and my wife is the greatest thing that ever happened Just to me. Just saying, okay. but you still always love your children. Yeah, you want them children. to do well and, and grow you well. Want them to do, and everybody wants that. And so the neatest thing about it is we now can do genetic testing in newborn babies. Yeah. Okay. And you don't have to have a certain uh, time period where you can do it. Now, it's what's a little cheek swab. It doesn't right. hurt. That was another question. Does it hurt? Nope, it doesn't. Right. It's just a mascara brush that we <laughs> rub over. Little, it's fuzzy and it tickles yeah. a little bit. Now, what's important about that is we can know from the beginning, and in nutrigenomics, you know that we have these certain categories. We have categories of inflammation mm-hmm. and how well you handle it or control it. We have categories of methylation. We have categories of mitochondrial, how strong the batteries are mm-hmm. for the baby. We have categories of detoxification. So we, do we need to worry about chemical exposures or do we not? Yeah. Because babies are, this world is fairly toxic. Yes. In a lot of things. And a well, lot and of moms kids get into that. things. Sure. That's, and so, that's a big thing when you say fertilizer or gasoline or, or a swimming pool with too much chlorine. We don't want to freak the moms out. But what we want to do is everybody wants to know how is this baby and how can I best, what do I need to watch for the most with this baby? Yeah. So, for instance, if we have a baby that um, is highly inflammatory or their immune system is kind of more programmed toward inflammation, mm-hmm. the in, in that particular state, unless we augment that inflammation, we may not want to. We may be more worried when the baby gets an infection. We may be more worried when the baby gets a vaccine. Okay. We may be more worried when the baby gets a surgery, we may have to prepare more to control the inflammation. Well, everybody knows that you're an autism specialist, sure. you know, along with many other specialties. But the one thing I, I think that this would be beneficial when I think about it is you have a kid that comes in who has autism and the mother is about to have another baby. Sure. Or they have a younger sibling who they don't know how it's good. You don't want your second child to get autism. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and go on record here. Okay. Okay. Oh, no. Here we go. Yeah. Um, we have recognized some new genes. Okay. 
And these genes specifically are called interleukin-13, interleukin-4R, STAT-4, S-T-A-T, S-T-A-T-4, CTLA-4, and tumor necrosis factor, which is TNF. Now, these genes are actually representative of the skew of the immune system toward inflammation that has trouble shutting off. Okay. Okay? So basically, I tell my patients these are essentially the off switches for inflammation. Now, I'm going to tell you that 70% of the parents who walk into my clinic reluctantly tell me, because they've been ostracized, Uh that vaccines cause their baby's autism. Okay. And they are ostracized because... That's a common... Correct. statement by many moms okay i'm going to estimate 70 percent. okay now that does not mean that vaccines cause all autism and there are you know certainly surgeries Kids are fine with but it. there Some are, of them are in essence inflammatory triggers that typically cause the child to become autistic okay now i can now go on record and tell you that we have now reviewed 500 genetic reports okay from kids with autism i knew you were doing this that's mm-hmm. exciting 98 percent of the children with autism had greater than two of those five oh, broken wow. off switches uh, polymorphed on their genetic test. And that was from day one of birth. Correct. I mean, they were born with it. Now, the problem is the vaccine, what's in it, does not cause the autism. Okay. What happens is all vaccines, especially polyvalent ones, so the MMR being a live virus, three virus vaccine, vaccine is actually more stimulating to the immune system from inflammation than other vaccines that we give. Okay. Unfortunately, rubella, which tends to want to go to the nervous system, will probably set up a little inflammation in the nervous system. But if you have a good off switch and you're able to turn that inflammation off, you will not get autism from that vaccine. Okay. But if you have a broken off switch Mm -hmm. where it is not able to shut the inflammation off, the inflammation will continue. Ah, so okay. the so actually ready. everybody's right okay oh good point so you understand yes the vaccine caused autism was it the vaccine itself no okay was it the inflammatory aggression of the immune system set off by the vaccine yes and their genetic makeup correct do you okay. understand i understand so the pediatricians are right yep. the vaccine did not cause the autism the vaccine set off the inflammatory problem that caused the autism. I've seen it from surgery. I've seen it from head injuries. I've seen it from a chemical exposure. Event. You have to have a triggering inflammatory event. Okay. But the people who said that the vaccine caused their autism, they're right too. Okay. Because in their child, it set off inflammation that caused autism. So if they had had a genetic, a nutrigenomic report and we saw those inflammatory markers. Then we will know how to recommend and we will actually give them alternative off switches so that they can prepare if they need They can vaccine. prepare if they choose to do vaccines. Oh, wow. So guess what? Everybody's right. Everybody's right. That's a big statement there, you know, because you've got a lot of people out there saying that vaccines cause it and a lot of people saying it's not the vaccines and you're saying that it's both. It depends on the child you're giving it to. And that makes total sense. It totally makes sense. Wow. Well, that was an eye opener. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yep. I hope that opens a lot of people's eyes. I I think that's why so many pediatricians and OBGYNs and people are coming to see you now. I mean, coming to your workshops just Mm -hmm. because this is what you're preaching and teaching. So it depends on the child you're putting it in. Absolutely. So if you look at the population in general, no. So this is worth the money to get a test. Uh, For my kid, it is. Yeah, I think for any child. 
I think so. I hope this becomes standard across the board. Well, I tell people. autism, the levels of autism is ridiculous. Well, I just tell people you you don't want to play Russian roulette with your baby. No. Now, you also want to be very careful with that baby when they get injuries or if they have to have surgery. We have to make sure we give them an off switch for inflammation because the first step of all healing is inflammation control. All right. Well, we're going to take on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Coffee with Dr. Stewart. Does it take you forever to go to sleep or do you wake up often throughout the night? Well, we have the all natural formula you may need to help relax, rest and be rejuvenated. Neuro Night Essentials by Neurobiologics. Some of your favorite sleep support ingredients all in one capsule. With melatonin, GABA, magnesium, valerian and chamomile, this formula may give you the rest you've been missing. Neuro Night Essentials, make your night a Neuro Night. Visit neurobiologics.com for more details. All right, and we are back with Coffee with Dr. Stewart, Season 3, Episode 4. Dr. Stewart just really enlightened us on something um, about, you know, why children are getting autism and how we could maybe, we could overcome it. Correct, Dr. Stewart? And That's my opinion. That's your opinion. Okay? Because, um, obviously, you know I'm a biochemistry geek. You yes. Know that. And so, I can you can ask my wife the day I found those markers, which are... Markers that are known in autoimmunity and other things, and certainly I'm not the first person to ever talk about those yeah. markers, but to understand what they were really doing got me really excited. Well, yeah, I mean, you just uh, gave me the references for the back of the nutrigenomic report. You put <laughs> it was like 41 pages long from all the studies that you had read, and right. I'm like, oh my gosh, like you know, we can't make the report that long, but that was a lot. So you've yeah. done a lot of research lately. Mm-hmm. It's great. I, I hope that people listen to the show and go, oh my gosh, like you know, maybe there is hope for uh, reducing the numbers of children with autism. Right. You know, and that's a big spectrum. We're talking about all types of autism or just neuroimmune issues, right? Not just the autism of nature. So we talked about children, how it could be beneficial. You know, one question I want to get to, how different are the siblings with the results? Because a lot of people say, well, if Johnny got it and Sally's his sister, they're going to be pretty much the same. No. Okay. So what I always tell people is your siblings are completely different. They're half of the mom, half of the dad, and it's a complete roll of the dice. Really? You have no idea what's coming up. And then there's some markers that are only from the mother. Tell yep. us about that. The mitochondrial markers, some yeah, those of them? Are, those are X-linked. Okay. Okay. And those actually, the mitochondrial markers are kind of funny. Uh, we always thought that the most of the mitochondria came from the mom uh-huh. uh, because the egg carried the mitochondria. Um, Interesting. That's not really holding completely true okay i don't know what it is yet i don't necessarily can't comment on it yet but, but you'll for, find out for, right for the now, most part say. every the mom and the children's mitochondria are about the same then we have what we call x-linked genetics which means they only they travel with the x chromosome and that's the mother well the x is xy so if you're a boy and you get half an x chromosome from your mom uh-huh. and a y chromosome from your dad Whatever's on that X chromosome, you're going to have as a dominant trait. So if you're a kid that has chronic fatigue, <laughs> you can blame your mom. Not necessarily. <laughs> right? No, that's not true. If they gave me poor mitochondria, well, maybe, dang it, then, mom. But it's not necessarily poor mitochondria, but how you deliver nutrition to the mitochondria. Okay. 
you know, and so, I mean, that's a whole big discussion. But let's yeah. take, for instance, the MAOB, mm-hmm. commonly known kind of as the depression, the risk of depression gene. Okay. That's an excellent gene. So men only have one copy of it. Okay. So if they're positive for that copy, they've got a much higher risk of depression. Oh. Whereas women have two copies because they're X and X. And okay. So if you're a plus minus in a woman, you're, you're, a, not, you're half half there. But yeah. if you're plus plus, you're at a higher risk. Oh, very interesting. That's good to know. That's, yeah, so you'll see those funny things works on the genetic testing you know another one of my my staff said you know if i had known the genetics of my child when they were younger i would have fed them totally different because you know you have the gluten markers the hla dq Mm -hmm. one and two and like and that's gluten sensitivity right i mean you'll have dao yeah which is histamine how well you break down histamines in the gut fut2 whether you need probiotics or not you know because a lot of parents go gosh every time he eats oh he says his stomach hurts oh he just says that well if you know his genes you're you're no you're gonna know that maybe he doesn't like that bread it it hurts him that's exactly right you know and then they start eating like my son i know he has those markers so he doesn't eat a lot of bread because it makes his stomach hurt so i thought that was interesting that you could actually alter their diet really early on in life correct always remember for babies though breastfeeding is the way to go oh yeah yeah definitely definitely the immune system right huge Huge. It's the best thing that you can. Well, God put it there. Right. For a reason. Right. So don't. You're not a cow. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Okay. Let's get to the elderly because I get this question a lot, a lot from doctors. Like, would an elderly patient or somebody that's 80 or even 75 or older, would it benefit them if they're already that late in life? It actually probably is more important at that Really? Mm-hmm. And why is that? Of course, of course, you know that. Right. Well, um, after you cross about 50, um, Decline. A few things happen. First of all, you typically lose your primary steroid uh, anabolic. So that's progesterone in women. Okay. And testosterone declines in men. Okay. Now that is those those two anabolics tend to tell the mitochondria to make more energy for the cell. So when you lose those, the energy of the cell is somewhat compromised. And that's why people tend to age more aggressively after those time periods. So basically being able to know whether we can create more mitochondria, where are the weaknesses in the mitochondria, how we can feed it. You remember the brain and the immune system, which are usually the primary problems in elderly, mm-hmm. are the highest energy organs in the body. Wow. Understand? Okay. And so we certainly want to make sure that we're having these people. What everybody worries about in aging is quality of life. Correct. Not quantity. Quality. You've got quantity without quality. It's nothing. And you don't want to okay. sit in a nursing home. No. For and so the whole idea is it's about quality of life. Now, also methylation need increases with age. And so it's so high in, in young years. It's high and in, it kind through of the teenage years, comes back down, and it starts creeping back up about 40. And the higher you go, what's happening is you're providing more damage to the body. You're having to initiate growth hormone mm-hmm. and trying to repair the body. So this is kind of an anti-aging oh, process. I mean, they, Without they, being anti-aging, it's actually what aging is, is damage that doesn't get repaired. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. So... We're just trying to make you feel better. Right, so you're damaging your body more as it gets older, maybe a little bit you less. Can't repair. But your repair is worse. So the better we can make the repair, like don't the you mitochondria. Hate it? Like I have people that come in all the time. They're 75 years old. You'd think they're in their 50s. I know it's crazy. That's mom. Yeah. But she's on all the right products because of her right. nature genomics. So the whole idea she's is she's 74 and and runs around more than I did when I was right. in my 20s. So the answer is you just you know what you want to do is make sure that you. You know, you recognize those things. And it's more important than elderly because it's all about quality. And I tell people, you know, I'm now 53. Uh-huh. 
So I'm like, I'm 53, and I'm thinking about all those old people diseases I don't want. So yeah. I know if you're 50 or plus, you're thinking about it. Yes. Well, yeah, we have people that come in, their grandfather has Alzheimer's or dementia sure. or this or this, and they're like, I don't want to get it. And I'm like, well, you know, genetics remember, would be a, an, Yeah, a nutrigenomics. Good- nutrigenomics is about replenishing what's important for you and, and not replenishing what's not important for you. I gotcha. Do you understand? Now, one other comment, the bigger person you are, uh-huh. the more important this is. Yeah. So, you know, I treat a lot of ex-NFL football players, a lot of ex-athletes, mm-hmm. and um, I have to have the big men lecture with them. Okay. You don't see a lot of big elderly men running around. No, you don't. Are you okay. saying that because they have an early... Well, no, because they're large, so they have a lot more requirements. Oh, okay. So the average lifespan of an NFL that's what football I mean, the player lifespan. is 58. Yeah, okay. I read that recently. And that's not because they just beat up their bodies, but also because they're typically large men with large muscle burdens. And so the more, the bigger you physically are, the more important this actually is well, at you age. Well, then that gets me to like, you know, wait, you know, people always go, well, why, it, it, you know, why aren't y'all super thin? Well, <laughs> we're not super, first of all, it's kind of the way our family's all built genetically. But if everybody has, anybody built. had the magic bullet, well, we have, we'd all be thin. Our family has what's called a CYP1B1. Okay. Okay. And the CYP1B1 is a liver enzyme that actually breaks down estrogen. Okay. So our family, the women in particular, have trouble taking normal estrogen and breaking it down to methyl or hydroxyestrogen, which mm-hmm. is non-functional. So we stay more estrogen dominant, which gives us a little more insulation. Oh, okay. Insulation. Good word. Well, we're Northern I European. I say big bones. Well, we're, yeah. we're Northern European people. Yeah, we're Scottish. Yeah, we're supposed to have insulation. They're big people, you know. They're yeah, whereas Africans, don't, a lot of them don't have very much insulation. Okay. Do you understand? Yeah. So the whole idea is there, are, depending on your cultural background, it's really where you where you descended from. Uh-huh. The Obviously, the genetics played a significant role and how our ancestors survived in those environments. And then they throw the mutations on right. that we have. It's, it's So everybody's not supposed to be skinny. Yeah. Genetically, they're not And it's usually a really wiry doctor that says that. <laughs> you know, or somebody that's super thin, like, well, what, you had every all, the, all that figured out. Well, I don't think it's that simple. I'm just trying to get through the day and be healthy. Well, just have them come and talk to me, and we'll see if yeah. the thing works better. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> well, the one thing too, with the, back to the elderly, I kind of got off topic there. Is talking about you know the slow decline, but also if you break your hip, you know, or you fall, sure, you want to recover quickly. And Absolutely. then some of those people don't ever recover. Yep. So that's why, again, is, is it still good to get it eighties, eighty five? Probably more important than the really if you want quality. Okay, I guess some people think, oh, I'm so old, I'm just going to give up. But I know a lot of people out there that are that age that do not want to give up. You can. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anybody at that age who doesn't already feel good that doesn't want to feel good. Yeah, that's true. You want to go out, you know, I, I want to go out really quickly, so to do be I. honest. I want to go out my sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I really, I'm like, do I really want to live to, to 100 years old? Because people are in our family, high 80s, 90s, well, you know, but I want to feel as good. As long as I feel good, I'm good. I don't Absolutely. want to be in a slobbering on myself in the yeah. nursing home. Well, I don't want to come visit you if you're doing that. Well, let me talk about the recommendations that you could give for for people that that have a you know a a person that's declining. Like, what would you recommend? Well, here's what I tell people. Um, let's say we're sitting around a table with a bunch of ninety year olds. Okay. How many of their brains work good? 
Nah, not many. Okay, and that's because the brain needs the most energy. <clears throat> so what you're really focusing on is how clean are the mitochondria. Remember, chemicals poison mitochondria. Mm-hmm. These are your batteries. You're on a bunch of medications. Your probably. batteries, your mitochondria also convert cholesterol to pregnenolone. Mm-hmm. And so those are your steroids that can fight inflammation. And so typically when you see people uh, age, their brain goes first, then their immune system. They become sickly. Mm-hmm. And then it's a very long time before the muscles fail, the organs fail, and they pass on. Okay. So that's actually the energy hierarchy of the body. Okay. And so what you want to do, as long as you can provide great nutrition to keep those batteries working well, your quality of life will improve because your immune system and your brain work good. Like methylation, mitochondria. Mitochondria, in particular PQQ, because mm-hmm. PQQ has been proven to Great for to cognitive. Have, well, it's been proved to say that it's it creates mitochondrial genesis, which mm-hmm. means it actually allows you to grow more mitochondria or more batteries. Okay. Now, I can accept if I'm 80 that my knees don't work as well. Yeah. But I want my brain working. Yeah, absolutely. I want okay. to sit around the TV, and but at least be able to have a conversation. Sure. And so that's the way I talk to all of my patients who are, are aging. Yeah, you have quite a few elderly. Wow. You see our great-grandmother. Right. And so you really want – it's all about quality. And you want to remember people. You don't want to burden people. Mm-hmm. I can tell you spouses in particular do not want to burden their spouse. Yeah. And so really it's really just as important at any age. Why not know? Yeah. You know, why not? You're only going to make yourself better. That's why me and my husband always talk about, like, is he going to be the deaf one and pushing me in a wheelchair? Well, no, because we're going to take care of ourselves. But my back and his his hearing. But we're working on that. Right. You know, so we have a long ways to go uh, before that happens. But anyways, well, Dr. Stewart, I thank you for your time today. You're so welcome. This was a great show. I am excited to get this out. And um, All right. Well, we'll uh, probably get lots of phone calls and emails on this one. Sure you will. All right. Well, everybody have a beautiful and blessed day and we'll see you on the next Coffee with Dr. Stewart.